This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And praise the Lord. God bless you. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. It's Saturday night. I welcome you to the show. You could be doing a lot of things, but you're tuned into the Word of God. You know, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. If you want to grow in your faith and grow in your revelation of Jesus, it's important for you to develop in your life a consistency at hearing the Word of God. People say, where's God at? Well, God says, where's your ear at? Why are you not been hearing and listening? Because, you know, when you see the word faith in Scripture and the concept of faith, faith is nothing more boiled down. They say, what's your definition of faith? Well, I say it's a revelation of something. It's the product of a revelation of something. And we're talking about faith in Christ. Then your faith has to have a revelation of Jesus. And you have full trust and expectancy in Jesus because you have a revelation of who he is. And when you hear people that are teaching the word and bringing forth aspects of revelation and knowledge that they receive from the Holy Spirit, it's going to encourage your faith. It's going to grow its climbs. And you start trusting more in God and stop wondering where he's at because you've heard. You know where he's at. He's right near you. The word of faith is nigh in the mouth and in the heart, even the word of faith which we speak. So, I welcome you to the broadcast tonight. So here, listen, if you're driving, don't tune me out. <laughs> well, I can't tell you not to, but listen and God will bless you through these word that he wants to give to you. Tonight, uh, welcome to the broadcast, and before we get started, I want to let you know that if you want to discover more about our ministry, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com. There you can find out about me, about what I do, and you can go to our, our, our store, you can buy our book, the Believer, my book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, uh, or you can go on Amazon and buy that, just type in The Believer's Journey, Chris Palmer, uh, or you can uh, find our podcast at www.chrispalmerministries.com and there will be a blessing to you and they're free. Go down and just archives, the, the show archives there and you can listen to it anytime you want. Uh, and so, also, I want to let you know that um, we have a good show for you tonight. And so let me pray before we get in. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your word. I thank you for your anointing. I pray tonight that every person under the sound of my voice listening that has hooked their faith up to hear the word and believe that they would receive. I thank you that your word does not return unto you void, that it goes forth and accomplishes that which it has been determined to do. I pray that, Father, as a result of people listening, that their hearts would be open. If there's any unbelief or spirit of unbelief, God, keeping them from seeing, I break its power now. And I say in Jesus' name that anything that the enemy or the devil tries to do, in the lives of people listening, I break that plan off of them. I pray you give them understanding, wisdom, and revelation. We praise you, I praise you, and I thank you, God, for your presence that's here tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. For some time, maybe for the last eight weeks, I've been going through and teaching on the parables that are in the Scripture. Now, I know that many people listen to the broadcast at night, especially Saturday night, and they need a touch from God. One of the purposes of this ministry is to teach people 
the meat that's in the Word of God. Not just to preach deliverance, because if I preach deliverance every Saturday night and I have a consistent audience, then at some point I'm going to need to teach them how to build themselves up past their deliverance. And past, or if I preach healing, you get healed, I have to build you up past your healing. And so, in the last couple of weeks, the Lord's really put it on my heart to minister to these aspects of the kingdom. And I call this series The Secrets of Life because they're secrets that many people don't understand. And they're directly out of the text of Jesus. And I want to teach them to you because it will give you a worldview and shape for you how to look at life and how to understand what God's doing and where He's at in this life. People say, where are you at, God? Well, get into the Word. Get into the book. Put your nose in the book and find out how He and what He taught. What if God came to the earth and taught something? What would He teach? Well, He did. He taught in parables. And so I want to read these parables for you tonight and go through this next one that we have. Last week, we talked about the parable of the hidden treasure. And we're going to discover tonight a parable that is more popular than the hidden treasure, but carries along with it much of the same meaning. And people that would tell you that have preached these parables that this is the sister parable to the hidden treasure. Are you ready for it? Let me read it to you tonight. Matthew thirteen forty-five says here, again, again. So this attached to the thing that's previous to it. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man... Seeking goodly pearls, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So, there it is. That's the parable. You say, what? What was that supposed to mean? What do you mean that he's a merchant man? Seeking goodly pearls. It says in that, when he had found it, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Well, I want to talk to you about this tonight. And we'll see what it means. Let me say this to begin with tonight. That as I said last week. God does not desire us to be out of his lordship. God is not. God came into the earth to redeem the earth. And in doing so. He bought for himself a people. Now this this idea is not something that people like to hear. Because we live in a society that likes to be rebellious. But guess what? If you're going to submit to the Lordship of Jesus, you're going to submit that He owns you and that you belong to Him. 1 Corinthians 6.20 When we're in the world, we're unowned by God. And many people think, well, I own myself. I'm going to do what I want. But what they don't realize is they're of their father, the devil. John 8.44 They belong to Satan. They belong to the wicked works of darkness. But Jesus came along being the king that everybody wants and he changed this. And by submitting to the lordship of Jesus, the Bible says that he delivers us from the power of darkness and he translates us into the kingdom of his dear son. Which means that by submitting to the lordship of Jesus, we get broken free from the power of the enemy. And so many religious leaders are still wrapped up with religion and are missing the benefits and purposes of Christ and his coming. Why did he come? For you to be unowned? No. He came so that you could be owned. Jesus told this parable because he wanted us to know that he has enacted his lordship and it is now active in the earth and it has become available. It cost him everything as seen 
in the parable of the hidden treasure. It cost them a great price. But now you can be owned by somebody. I don't like the idea of being owned. Well, you know, you're probably not doing a good job of it yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. you may have done a good and made a good living, but that doesn't determine and determine the quality of life. The most important and valuable thing that you have, friend, is your soul. And you can't maintain your soul for yourself. You can build up for yourself treasures on earth, but Jesus says moth can destroy it. Thieves can break in and steal it. <clears throat> Rust is going to get old and come over it. But what about your soul? It's the only thing that's eternal. Have you ever thought about what happens to you when you die? I know a lot of people don't like to think about it because they want to be positive, but why don't we just be real? You're going to die of something someday, right? Something's going to happen to you. You're not going to live forever. And if that's the case, where are you going to go when you die? You have three choices. You can either believe a good place, a bad place, or no place. So, you allow yourself to be honest with yourself, and you'll find you need a Savior. Because you're not going to go no place. And that leaves the good place or the bad place. Heaven or hell. God loves you, and He came and saved Jesus and gave you. And if you belong to Him, He's not going to let you go to hell. He's going to save you unto Himself. So the setting of this parable is very simple. Jesus is in the house with the disciples as he was in the last parable. And he's still teaching. And we call these the kingdom parables. This parable was left uninterpreted by Jesus just like a lot of his parables. So the disciples must have had enough understanding to understand what the symbolism meant. And so here's the thing and here's the kicker about this parable. Many people believe that when they read this parable that the pearl that we're talking about is Jesus. And that when one finds Jesus or the pearl of great price, they go and sell all that they have to obtain him. But here's the thing. If you find Jesus before you find him, you're a sinner and you're not even looking and you find him. But what does the sinner have? What kind of purchasing power? does the sinner have to obtain Christ? He doesn't have any purchasing power of his own to obtain anything. And more than that, like I said before, Christ is not on sale. Christ, as you see, is a result, or according to Ephesians 2 verse 8, is a result of God's grace. He loves you, friend. God has given to you Jesus Christ as a result of his grace, and it is a free gift, and there is nothing on this side of heaven that you can do to earn it. It is by faith, it is by grace, through your faith. Some people think that, well, the grace of God extends to everybody and that universalism and everybody is going to be saved. That's not necessarily true. That's not true at all, actually. You have to believe on Jesus. It requires believing. This is stated many times in the book of Romans. So Jesus said in this parable, that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in the field. And when a man has found it, that's the parable before it. That's the sister parable. And let me read them together. And for joy thereof goes and sells all that he hath and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man sinking goodly pearls. And when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So the kingdom of heaven, just like in the first parable, is not just like unto a treasure. It's not just like unto a merchantman. The kingdom of heaven is represented by the whole illustration of the parable. And so if we want to stay consistent <clears throat> with this parable and want to stay consistent with the rest of the parables, the merchantman in this is talking about Christ. 
He was the sower that sowed the word of the kingdom. He was the sower that went and sowed, sowed the children of the kingdom. He's the one that sowed the mustard seed in the ground. And he is the one that provided uh, in the seed parable for the meal. The doctrine of Christ that we talked about. And so at the, in the parable of the hidden treasure. He's the one that finds the treasure. And in this we have to understand this is Christ. And so whatever the king is, is his kingdom. So the merchant man is Christ and it's, this is about his kingdom. So the man is obviously Jesus. And again, this is not only about him, it's about his ministry, and that is he's seeking. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that says that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Are you lost? Are you in need of a Savior? Do you need somebody tonight, friend, to save you from your sins? I was talking about on the other broadcast that many times people feel dirty. They feel like they have been overlooked. They feel that they in themselves can't save themselves God can save you he can deliver you you can't do it for yourself they're right you can be washed in the blood tonight through the precious power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the son of man here in the scripture is the embodiment of a seeking God he God himself has sought out man kind to save them that's why people say well God's not love of course he's love the Bible says that he came Unto those that he might deliver them from darkness. He did this as a result of his love. Just like in a couple of parables that we're going to get to later on. Just like the shepherd sought the sheep and the woman sought the coin. The merchant man is seeking the pearls. Seeking out pearls. Looking for them. And so in the same way, friends, understand this, that God in his love has sought you. And you can understand by his love that it is proactive and his love is tenacious. It's relentless. It is unending. Have you stopped for a second to think that you have a God who has laid the foundation of the earth, set the stars in the sky, has planned everything in his mind, all things that he does are good, and he knows your name, and he loves you, and he's willing to die for you, so that you don't have to live life separated from him. He gives you forgiveness of sins, and he calls you his own, and he's not ashamed to call you brother. And let me say this about the ministry of the of, of the pearl, is that in Scripture, whenever the Lord seeks something, He finds it. God is successful in His pursuits. He found the lost sheep, He found the coin, and so it is here. Christ is going to find what He's looking for. And so I want to say this tonight because many people in this song, as they say, you know, I found Jesus. I found Jesus. But if we're found, it's because Christ came looking for it. So you don't find Jesus. Jesus finds you and discovers you and he searched you out. And so what love do we have to know that a God 
when we were distant and far off, while we were sinners, sought to discover us, even in that state. The Bible says that while we were yet at enmity with God, He set His love and He set His affection upon us. That means that there was no, absolute, absolutely no guarantee that when Christ died for you, that you were going to accept and receive Him. Now, some people say, well, Christ didn't die for everybody. There's a, a particular denomination that believes that, or a belief system that believes that. But that's not true. He died for everybody. He redeemed everybody. And you see, He died. And they say, well, if He died for everybody and some people reject Him, then His blood was wasted for those that <clears throat> it was shed for and they didn't receive Him. Yeah, and that makes it all the more atrocious. That makes it all the more sad that they could have been saved and they didn't want it. Christ gave his all for us and many of us didn't give and, and even when we didn't give anything and so he initiated this salvation so I want to talk to you tonight more about this pearl of great price are you thankful for Jesus are you thankful for his blood are you thankful that he died for you hey, listen Many times people talk about Jesus and they know Jesus. They know the name Jesus. They've heard a message about Jesus. But I want to say this tonight. He loves you. And he wants to have a, you, for you to have a real encounter with him. I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, when I say an encounter, I mean an authentic experience. I remember when I was first born again. He was his love filled my heart. I remember the very first thing that I knew about myself was that I was dirty and I was in need of a savior. I felt dirty. I felt that I just something was not right in me. This is called conviction. And when I was convicted by God, convicted by the Spirit, then the next thing that happened was that I submitted myself, he saved me, and I literally felt somebody took like a power washing gun and washed me clean. I remember how I rejoiced and I was happy. I felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulder. I was I, I was the happiest I'd ever been because I had given my heart to Jesus. He saved me. He changed me. He delivered me. He lifted me up. And that's called being born again. And it was him that initiated this with me. And it was the best decision I make, had ever made. And that was to give my heart to him. And that was called having an encounter with him. And then after that, I remember one night I was praying, or one, I think it was an af afternoon, morning, maybe about 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I remember I got filled with the Holy Ghost. The fullness of the Spirit came upon me. And I remember I started speaking in tongues. And it was another ecstasy. I became bold in my faith. I started accepting my call to ministry and started sharing my faith with others. That summer I was winning people to Jesus. I was like in seventh grade or something. And I was winning people in my neighborhood to Jesus. Telling them about the love of God. I remember one guy in the neighborhood, he had all these filthy rhapsodies, only 12 years old. Filthy, disgusting lyrics upon it. It was changing his behavior. He was becoming more aggressive. He was becoming, you know, mean, downright. He wasn't a nice guy. His parents were upset that he was rebelling at such a young age. And I remember I started telling him about Jesus. He took all those rhapsodies, took them out... <laughs> Into the park where there was, uh, you know, trees and forestry. And smashed them all and dug a hole and buried them. <laughs> and then, I think somebody found them because we came back and they were gone. But needless to say, he had an encounter with Jesus. It cleaned 
out all of that garbage. And that's what and then he started getting Christian CDs and playing them and God just changed his life. And so friend God wants to change your life by giving you an encounter. And remember when you have this encounter it's because he first sought you and whatever Christ seeks he finds. You just have to respond to that. Now the next thing that I want to talk about here is that when he finds this pearl we're going to talk about the pearl in just a second because that is the main lesson of this. That when he finds the pearl he sells all that he has. Now this is different because the rich young ruler, when we discover him in Scripture, you know the rich young ruler, he comes to the Lord and says, Lord, what must I do to serve you? And Jesus says, take all that you have, sell and give to the poor and come and follow me. Many people look at this and say, well, we have to sell everything that we have to the poor. If that's the case, then all of us would be disobeying this command. Jesus was testing this man's heart because this man, Jesus knew his heart belonged to his richest things, his possessions. It goes hand in hand when Jesus says that unless you hate your father and your mother and you come and serve me, you're not fit for the kingdom. Well, when Jesus said that, he didn't mean you hate your father and mother. It means that you have to prefer the kingdom of God above those things that are closest to you. And the thing that Jesus did many times in Scripture is he would always test people based upon the thing that was closest to them. In the case of the rich young ruler, the thing that was closest to them was his money. In the case of Peter, James, and John, the thing that was closest to them was their nets. They were fishers of men. Jesus says, put down your nets and come follow me. He didn't say to them, sell all that you have. He says, put your nets down. Their fishing business was everything that they had. Of course, that equates into money, but it was their business. You'll find in Scripture that Jesus always challenged what had people's hearts. What has your heart today, friend? You know what? If you're somebody that's stingy and you never give to nothing, you're one of those believers that makes a lot of money, and then when the offering plate comes by, you put 10 bucks in, 20 bucks in every third Sunday, or you do it every two to three times a year, and you think that you are pleasing God, consider what would you think if a waiter, you racked up a $300 bill at some steakhouse, and you put five bucks in for a tip and you thought that you were something else because you gave him five bucks you would look stupid and cheap number one for thinking that you really tipped him he'd look at you like you're crazy probably wouldn't even let you back into the restaurant don't tip God you give God your very best and so if you're one of those people and you met Jesus he would challenge you he would know what had your heart and he would challenge you based upon that thing so what has your heart today, friend? What is the thing that's taking possession of it and is running the Lordship? Oh, and this is powerful. This is so powerful. I want to share this. Here's the thing. The Lord Jesus, if you call him Lord, and I'm going to write this down in the studio because I'm going to preach this. If you call Jesus Lord, okay, he has the right, I'm writing this down, to test Whatever he thinks is Lord in your heart. So if you call him Lord, he'll say, oh, you're calling me Lord? You say, yes, I'm calling you Lord. He says, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. And I apologize for my voice again tonight. And he says, I'm going to call you Lord. 
he says, okay, then I'm going to challenge the thing in your heart that I think might have lordship over you. In the case of the rich young ruler, this was his money. You hear what I'm saying tonight, friend? So examine your heart and you say, what is the thing in my heart that may have lordship over me? And that's the very thing that if you have a face-to-face, one-on-one encounter with the Holy Ghost and he begins to reveal to you Jesus, that's the one thing he's going to come after because it does not belong there in your heart. It may not always be money. It could be fame. Could be power. Could be the love of women. Could be the love of a relationship. Could be your friends. I don't know what it is. Everybody's a little bit different on this issue. But God always will challenge your heart. Are you hearing me? So the rich young ruler, he would not give up what he had. That's because what he had had him. And this is the state of sinfulness, being unable to follow Christ because you have another Lord. The rich young ruler had a Lord, and this was money and mammon, the love of money. And this determined what owned him. But I know and I thank God. I thank God that we serve Jesus. And he's not like that. He's the king that everybody wants to follow. Because he gave his all for you. Why? Because you, friend, had his heart. And many people didn't give up anything to follow him. He says, I'm going to give my all for you. Because you have my heart. I'm going to give my life to die for you. Why? Because you have my heart. That's why I'm going to give myself. Because I love you. What God would do something like this for his people? What God would sacrifice himself, die a bloody death and go down to the pit of the earth just like Jonah and come up and give the sign of Jonah, which is resurrection, and then promise you and say you didn't deserve it, but I'm going to allow you to sit at my right hand and call you my family. That's how much he loves you, friend. He gave his all. And the thing says here that when he found he gave his all, sold all that he had, and he bought. The Greek word here is the same concept as we saw. That means he redeemed something. And so the pearl was redeemed from the market. So who owns who now? I'd much rather like to believe that Christ owns me than that I own Christ. Why? Oh, this is powerful. Because whoever is Lord is steward. I'll say this again. Whoever is Lord is the steward. And if you're the steward, we could be irresponsible. You say, why is he delaying? I'm writing this down because I'm going to preach this. Whoever is the steward could be irresponsible. But Jesus is not irresponsible. And so when you consider your relationship with Jesus, who's the steward over it? He is the steward over you. You're not the steward over him. 
All you have to do is follow him and he's going to show you where you're supposed to go. And he's going to land you where you're supposed to be. And when you go through that difficult circumstance, I thank you, Jesus. When you go through that difficult circumstance in your life, are you following him? Yes. Then you know that your Lord's going to bring you through. Why? Because he owns you. With all your problems, all your difficulties, all your weaknesses, all the things that require His grace, He owns you, friend, and is going to bring you through on the other side. Glory to Jesus. You ought to, in your car right now, if you're somebody driving and you're going through a difficult circumstance, you ought to just shout, Jesus is my Lord. He owns me. I belong to Him. I've been made like unto Him. There's nothing that can separate me from Jesus. Oh, I thank God that he owns me. He owns my ministry. I'm going to say it with you. Jesus Christ is Lord over Chris Palmer. Jesus Christ is Lord over Chris Palmer Ministries. And over, Lord over the broadcast. He is Lord over everything in my life. He owns it. He's Lord over my bank account. He's Lord over my finances. He's Lord over my money. He owns it. It belongs to him. And guess what? He's responsible because he's the Lord. And he is a much better steward then me somebody shout amen tonight where you're at glory to god hallelujah we get so wrapped up sometimes about feeding ourselves so wrapped up about fulfilling our destiny i'm out to make it happen for myself and i'm gonna hit the big wall street i'm gonna go to new york and become something i'm gonna build a social media empire but listen he's your lord he's the one that's going to determine what happens in your life did you submit to him? Yes. Well, then you just follow him. Glory, 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 glory. We used to have another owner, but now we have Jesus. I don't know about you, friend, but I am sure thankful for the Son of God. I'm so glad that he loved me, that he died for me, and that he is not an irresponsible steward over me. You ever think about that? He's stewarding over you. Look at your house, look at your home, look at your needs, look at your wants, look at your desires. And he's stewarding over it. Oh, I thank God. Let me just, let me pray real quick. Jesus, I thank you that you steward over me. That the person listening tonight, if they've submitted to you, you've purchased them. They belong to you, God. You found them. You discovered them. And with joy you went. And you sold all that you had to obtain. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you. I honor you. I glorify you. That I belong to you, Lord. May your presence fill my heart. May your presence fill the hearts of each person listening tonight. To let them know that even in their difficulties, in their trials, that they're so loved by you, God. And we thank you and we praise you for it. Now, when we're going through this, the most important thing. Now, well, let me just read what we have based upon what we have so far. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. Okay? A kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in the field. Now, remember, this is the sister parable to which a man found he hides for the joy thereof, goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. So we know that to be Christ discovering the church that's in the world, giving his whole life, 
to redeem the world, and as a result of redeeming the world, he gets the church. In verse number 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, who is seeking out goodly pearls. Now, let's put pearls on the shelf, because when we get to that in just a second, it says, when he found one of great price, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. So we know that he went and gave himself and gave of his passion and gave himself, emptied himself of all that was God, just to get this thing that's precious. So what? what is this thing that's precious? Well, guess what? May it be no surprise to you, but the thing that's precious is going to be the same thing that the jewel was. In the very first um, sister parable that we read, the treasure, and that is the church. I don't believe that the New Testament church. Well, it is. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. Pearls are mentioned in Scripture in the New Testament, but pearls are never mentioned in the Old Testament. Pearls in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 21 make up parts of the gate of the heavenly city and in Matthew chapter 7 6 it says of pearls that pearls are not cast to swine you say what does it mean when you don't cast your pearls to swine well, let me show you something a lot of times people mean it thinks it means don't cast your revelation knowledge to swine don't take something that God has given you and some kind of concept from the Word of God. If the Lord shows you something and says, don't take that and throw the swine. Well, if that's the case, think about all the people that, when it's saying is don't take something that God's given you that's worthy and throw it to somebody that's not worthy of hearing it. But here's the thing I have with that. If that's the case, then every time someone's preaching inside of a church service, even people listening to the broadcast, if I share revelation knowledge given by the Holy Ghost into a crowd of people, there's going to be somebody there that doesn't appreciate it. So is that casting my pearls of swine? No, no, no. Jesus says, don't cast your pearl to swine in Matthew chapter 7 when he got done talking about love. Not love, judging, excuse me. He says, judge that you be not judged. And how will thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, the beam is in thy own. And then he says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine. You know what he's talking about right here? In context, he's calling your pearls, your brothers and your sisters. Don't take your brothers and your sisters who are pearls <coughs> before Almighty God and throw them to the to the unbelieving world? You know that Christians do that a lot. Especially on Facebook. They fight, they bicker, they argue. I don't mean disagree. I mean bust each other out. You can have a, a disagreement, a discussion, if you will, with a little more temperature than some. But I'm talking about criticizing, throwing, at following the Greek, casting out your pearls and throwing them here. It's the idea of taking in carelessly, just throwing them to the dog and saying, you deal with them. No, 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 no. If they're your brother and they're your sister, you don't put them out there for the world. You deal with disputes within the church. Among the church. Don't allow the world to dictate. They don't belong dictating what happens inside the body of Christ. That's what he's talking about. When he says don't cast your pearls to swine. And guess what he's referring to? 
believing Christians. <coughs> Those that are the people of God. What I firmly believe. You can differ. We're going to talk more about the pearls when we get back on the broadcast. And before we go, I want, before we go to break, I want to just say sorry for my voice. that just been getting over this uh, cold weather throat is what I like to call it. I'm receiving healing. I'm taking my healing. And so I appreciate it. It won't be long before I have my normal voice back. Okay. So with that said, we're going to go to break. And we'll be right back after this.
And we're back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I want to say before we go further into uh, the last segment of the show and finish up what we're talking about, that if you want to follow the ministry, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com. You know, we just recently had a brand new website put up, not too couple, not but many weeks ago. And there you can find out the vision of the ministry, what we believe, why we're on the air, what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, we have a podcast, and on that podcast, there's just about every show. There's a couple shows that didn't make it because of a damaged you know, CD or whatever it may be. But just about every show since we started in uh, on 11-24-2012 is on that podcast, as well as some teachings and some preachings that I have from different places that I go. You can also go on there and you can get the book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. That's my book that I wrote, uh, and it would help you and transform people's lives, especially yours. That book will teach you how to live and walk with Christ in a deeper way, how to overcome weaknesses of flesh. I really promise you, it is all-encompassing uh, and teaches you the journey every believer makes. And uh, it's over 340 pages. It'll be a blessing to your life. Or you can go to Amazon.com and order it. Needless to say, you can check out our ministry. I also want to say this. Sometimes people, uh, they want to know how they can partner with us financially. And I appreciate people that do that, that partner with us financially. Because one of the ministries that is in the body of Christ is giving. And God likes people to sow their finances into ministries that, they, that are, they're being blessed with. And so let me read to you a verse that's found in 3 John that talks about giving. Dear friend, you're being faithful to God. I want to be faithful to God. When you care for the traveling teachers who pass through even though they're strangers to you. And that's what I do. I'm a traveling teacher. I travel and preach, go all over the world and tell people about Jesus. Our book is now in Italian. And I travel to Italy and do a tour there. I've done those before to preach the gospel. And it says, and they've told, and, and even though you may have not met me, you just hear my voice on the radio. And it says, they've told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. For they're traveling for the Lord and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so they can be their partners as they teach the truth. You know, uh... I will say that in my ministry, I have never received anything from an unbeliever yet. I believe at some point. But when I've considered the ministry, I've not taken anything from unbelievers. My support comes from believers, people that get saved in the ministry, people that get touched by God. And so if God puts it on your heart to support and to partner with Chris Palmer Ministries, you can do that at www.chrispalmerministries.com. God will reward your giving. I know in my life some of the greatest uh, provings of God have happened when I've given the way he's asked me to give. We're talking about lordship tonight. Do you belong to Jesus? Yeah. Well, then you ought to give like he's your Lord. Or if you don't give to this ministry, give to the ministry the Lord tells you to give. Okay. We're talking about the pearl of great price. And we've discovered here that the pearl is talking about the church. Well, that's arrogant to believe that, Brother Palmer. No, no, no. It's a, it, it, it talks about the grace of God. It says here, 
It, it, it gives glory to him because of his great marvelous love that he has for us. He considers his church great. Uh, the formation of a pearl, I want to say this, is going to connect us and help us make connections between the New Testament church. Okay? First of all, a pearl is not even mentioned in the Old Testament, ever. Never mentioned one time. You don't find it in the Old Testament. So it's not talking about Old Testament church here. And the next thing is, a pearl is a very valuable gem. So whatever this pearl is, it's not referring to something in the Old Testament. And I believe Jesus consistently referred to the believing church as pearls, as in evidence when he says, don't cast your pearls to swine. And it's a valuable gem. Now I want you to consider for a second, if you know anything about pearls, and I had to look this stuff up. Because I'm not a jewelry guy. I don't own any pearls. But a pearl is formed through suffering. Think about what happens when an oyster gets a grain of sand into its shell. They'll tell you that layers of a substance that's called nacre spin up and around it and begin to form layers around that grain of sand because the grain of sand is irritating it. And so it forms layers upon layers upon layers upon layers on that grain of sand because it's causing the oyster to suffer. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ was formed in suffering. It was born out of persecution. And if you look at Peter's gospel, somebody knew exactly what he was talking about. The theme is well, the suffering and the glory. So just as Christ suffered and he experienced glory, so too will the church. This is what you have in pearls. It's formed in suffering. And another thing about pearls is that where is a pearl formed? It's formed inside the shell of an oyster. You can't see it. The oyster is usually in the water, <coughs> somewhere down deep. So, the pearl is formed in mystery, away from the plain sight of people. And so, that's exactly how the church of Jesus Christ was formed. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 through 12, it was not seen by the prophets. It was not seen by anybody until Jesus came and formed it. And gave the kingdom to it. Or invited us into the kingdom. And then consider this for a second. Where is the pearl formed? It's formed in the unseen sea. What's the sea represent in scripture? Well, Daniel chapter 7. Verse 1 to 3. As well as Revelation. <coughs> chapter 13 verse 1. Talks about a sea representing a large mass of people. It represents the restless masses of people with the good and the bad fish inside of them. So you have restless humanity just like the field. And inside of the restless humanity, there is a pearl forming. So I want you to know this. this next time you look at masses of crowds of people, go to a football game, see 100,000 people at a college football game. Go look at Times Square, all those people when they're ringing in the New Year. Or whatever you see a lot of people. You could see a 
percentage of restless humanity. And within that restless humanity, take courage and know, friend, that there is a pearl that is forming, that is valuable to God, and that is His body. That's His church. And in this restless humanity, God is forming His perfect church. And consider this, that a pearl gives off all kinds of light. They absorb the light and they reflect the light. And so when you consider the church, the church is responsibility is to demonstrate the power of God and to absorb the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus and not only to absorb it but to reflect it and to demonstrate it. So the church though formed in the darkness of humanity reflects the light of God that it absorbs in its formation. That's your responsibility. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says that no man, <coughs> when he has lit a candle, hideth it under a bushel. But he setteth it upon a table that all men may see the light. Your job is to reflect the light of Christ. And you, as a child of God, have properties in you. The church has properties whereby it absorbs the light of God supernaturally. And what it does is it reflects that light. Glory be to God. Not only this, pearls have a unique unity. You know, a diamond you can cut and cut around it and shape it. But that's not the case with pearls according to pearl experts. According to pearl experts, you can't cut them without destroying it. That's because they have a unique layer to them. As goes back to what we talked about with that knackery. So there is a unity that makes up the pearl that can't be divided. John seventeen twenty one. Jesus is praying. He says, Lord, I pray that they would be one. Just as you and I are one. That the world may know. And so we as a church, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. That, that you should be like-minded. And avoid divisions. And so that requires in the body of Christ there to be a perfect unity even learning how to agree to disagree even learning how to resolve conflict even learning how to bind and loose certain things upon the earth <coughs> put away offense through forgiveness and I'll say this one more thing about pearls is that pearls have sea enemies inside that restless sea where they're formed you have the starfish uh <laughs> One commentary said that there's a black porky fish that likes to get at at uh, oysters. I don't know what that is. I, you'd have to Google it to find out what that is. Either way, these are just examples of the enemy of the pearl. They try to destroy the oyster and kill the pearl inside. And so just like that, inside the sea of humanity, you know, the kingdom of God has its enemies. Demonic spirits. Try to come and shake and test it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers, darkness, world, spiritual weakness, and high places. These demonic forces are out there trying to seek and take what God has established and God has set up. So, we as the body of Christ, 
We have to be aware. We have to be alert. So let me say this parable like this. Now that we've discovered this parts and I took my time going through. It would read like this. The kingdom of heaven is like Christ Jesus who seeks the church which God has set up, of course. Which God had foreordained and planned. That's what he was looking for. And when he found it, he emptied himself, endured the shame of the cross, and redeemed it and his. I'll say it again. The kingdom of heaven is like Christ seeking the church, and when he finds it, he empties himself and endures the shame of the cross and redeems it in his. So, you know, there's different pearls that he's seeking. This could be different groupings of people formed over the centuries of the church, shining in their glory. But the great pearl, the pearl that Christ is seeking is the church collectively. Present, past, future. The whole church, everybody that's a part of the church. He purchased it and we belong to him and he's Lord over us and we've been found in him. And so, I'll say this principle, if I haven't studied it already, is that people of great value are formed in the darkness of the world. And so, I want you to be encouraged and I want to leave you with this tonight. That when you consider the darkness of the world, when you consider today all of the sin, all of the demonic practices that go on. I know we're supposed to bring those people out of darkness. But when you consider that and it discourages you, I want you to understand that there is a people that God is bringing forth right now. He's bringing them forward. Forming it. So when it looks like evil has won, it looks like it's winning the battle, I want you to be encouraged. And the only thing that you could do is make a decision that you are going to be a part of the formation of the church. You say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to pray with you today, friend. And I want to believe God with you if you want to make a decision for Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you give unto them the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you. I pray, Father, that they would find your Holy Spirit, that you would deliver them, save them, set them free from every power that binds them now. Touch them, heal them, deliver them, God. I pray, Lord, you give them an understanding and a new heart. We thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you tonight, friend, if you're listening to the broadcast, that he's called you out of darkness into his glorious light. He saved you. He's delivered you. He set you free. And so walk in those things that he said are available to you. If you want to find us, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com. You can go there and get our, web, uh, our podcasts, upload them to your phone, your computer, your iTunes, whatever it may be. Also, I want to let you know that you can get our book on Amazon, my book on Amazon.com, or you can go to www.chrispowerministries to obtain it. Uh, I love you, friend. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to all of our partners. If you want to write me, info at chrispowerministries.com, or you can send a letter, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. I always love letters. God bless you, friend. Next week, 1215 a.m., same time. We'll see you then. This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer.